The EPL show on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by mybookie.ag. Right now, to honor the start of the football season, mybookie is offering up to $1,000 in free bets using the promo code SGP. That's right, $1,000 in bonus bets on your first deposit when you use the promo code SGP. Play, win, and get paid with mybookie.ag. AG. The Sports Gambling Podcast Network is also brought to you by BetQL. BetQL is the only app you'll need to make smart bets this season. Track line movement, score sharp data, and use a powerful algorithm that gives you out their best plays. If you're betting serious cash, you need a serious app. Head to the App Store or Google Play Store and download BetQL and make sure you follow them on Twitter at BetQL app. <laughs> Hey guys, you are listening to the EPL show here on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. Follow the Sports Gambling Podcast Network on Twitter at the SGP Network. Follow me on Twitter at LockBetting and check out my website, LockBetting.com. Coming off the International Week, I hate International Week. I don't hate international football, but I do hate these international qualifiers and friendlies. The teams... Do not take them seriously. We saw a lot of handicaps not covered with big teams taking on minnows. We were the unfortunate victim of some of those um, situations such as France switching off in injury time and considering a late penalty against Albania. Uh, The most consistent team of the week looked like my England team, but even they were actually 5-1 up at home to Kosovo at half-time and ended up conceding two goals and uh, pushed on a minus two Asian handicap there. So all in all, pretty bad weekend. Uh, The NFL, that was... um, wouldn't say bad, but it was a five and four start for for my clients. Although off the back of that, there was a one point five unit parlay which landed. So overall, being one pick above five hundred and one of those being a one point five unit parlay meant that we were slightly up on the NFL and full transparency. We were certainly not up with the international football. However, the month is still up. We have been winning on the soccer more or less especially with the European stuff and the cricket and as I said the NFL was pro- was profitable as was the UFC last weekend there was no UFC podcast on here after looking ahead at the rest of the month I, I made the decision not to do that because we'll be well over on our podcast for the month I've got all the EPL shows to do I have a Champions League preview to do. Champions League um, week one starts in midweek. And in addition to that, I have a fight show towards the end of the month with Errol Spence fighting. So I figured uh, we would give this one a miss. And instead, I would just put the bets out for my clients. And uh, there was a good profit there on the UFC. If you want to get uh, the UFC picks and the cricket picks and the NFL picks and all the soccer picks and listen to this weekend's European show where the locks are 3-0, then you need to head over to lockbetting.com. Looking at this week's Premier League, and I'm quite thankful to it, for it to be back, that was until I looked closely at the fixture list, and it's pretty tough. It was not only difficult for me to pick out a lock here, but it was difficult for me just to 
pick out picks in general. There's there's a lot of ways these these games can go. And when you're looking at the obvious winners of the week, uh, that being Liverpool home to Newcastle, Manchester City traveling to Norwich, and to a lesser extent, Tottenham at home to Crystal Palace. They are not really selections that are going to offer you up massive odds in a parlay. The likes of Liverpool and Manchester City now are regularly priced at minus five, six hundred, minus five hundred or six hundred. So you're not getting any value there, and that includes Man City being away to a Norwich team that are quite free scoring. So actually, that makes Liverpool's minus. 600 price at home to, to Newcastle seems like some kind of value bet because there's absolutely no way that they're not winning this game. We start with that game, which is the 12.30 kickoff on Saturday. And um, the only thing that I can really pick out here by way of a bet is uh, Liverpool to win this game to nil, which is available at... 10 to 11. You can take Liverpool on the minus one handicap. That is within the realm of what we can pick because you can get that at minus 200, one to two. But I think there's more value in taking them to nil. As I said, it's 10 to 11 in comparison to taking it right on that one to two marker. I feel that Liverpool will, of course, win this game by more than a goal. But I think what's 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 giving you more value is the to nil bet because I don't see Newcastle scoring in this game. Newcastle have only scored three goals in four games this season. And if you look at two of those goals, one was completely irrelevant. It was an injury time against the Norwich team and they're already three up. And the other one was a complete and utter switch off against Tottenham where they allowed Joe Linton to score when, um, when, and Tottenham were not able to get back into that game. Now, one thing I will say to Newcastle's credit is the fact that the defence held out in that game. And after that loss against Norwich, which we'll look at as an outlier, the Newcastle team have only conceded one goal in each of those other games, which does actually scare you more in terms of taking any handicap bigger than one. So if you're looking at the likes of the, the minus two, for example which is available at uh, 11 to 10, you have to take into consideration the fact that Tottenham couldn't break through this Newcastle side. They had a one-all draw against Watford and Arsenal only scored once against them as well. So that being said, they've conceded two goals in those three games whilst they have conceded five throughout this season and uh, three of those goals were scored by Pukki in one game. So... Not a terrible defensive team here, but certainly not an attacking threat. And I do expect them to try and sit back and contain Liverpool. But I do think Liverpool inevitably break through and do win this game comfortably. And I do think they probably do cover the minus two handicap. I just think there's more value in Newcastle not scoring in this game. And that's despite the fact that Liverpool have only kept one clean sheet this season. I think that is something that, whereas... I spoke before about American betters looking at trends and, and going heavy on, on something that's already happened. Well, the statistic of last season was that Liverpool keep clean sheets in most of their games, especially at home. This season, they haven't do that. They haven't, they haven't done that. They haven't kept a, a home clean sheet this season. Therefore, what's, what's more likely to happen? That scenario continuing on and on week after week after week after week or Liverpool eventually getting their act together and starting to keep clean sheets. We already saw them keep one at Burnley. I think that things will normalise at some point and we will see a statistic where Liverpool are keeping clean sheets in, in over 40% of their games, whereas at the moment, it's both teams to score is just cashing in 75%, which is high because that's often being given out at a price of around about two to one. In this game, incidentally, uh, the both teams to score market 
Uh, I'm looking at it with um, with Liverpool to win and both teams to score would be available at three to one, whereas both teams to score outright would be available at six to four. So again, um, I, I'm going for both teams not to score in this instance. I'm going for Liverpool to to win this game to nil. Moving on to the next game, we have Brighton versus Burnley, where Brighton are the 11 to 10 favourites. It's 23 to 10 to draw, and it's 5 to 2 on Burnley. Brighton had a decent start to the season, but um, since then, they seem to have done very little. Uh, seem to be dropping back down into that relegation fight, kind of where they finished last season. Burnley made a relatively decent start, although they were beaten quite comfortably by Liverpool last week. For me, uh, I see this game being a, a, a low-scoring game. Although Burnley are a little bit more attack-minded now than they used to be, I don't think Brighton necessarily are. I think they try to be um, aggressive on the counter-attack at Watford in Week 1. But since then, it's been difficult for them. And I feel that they'll be looking to get out of this game with a 1-0 with a win, if possible. Um, I think at the very most, we see both teams scoring in this game and they end up playing out a draw. But I like the the under two and a half goals in this one, which is available at eight to 11. Uh, I think a low scoring game between Brighton and Burnley, two teams who are still going to be in and around the relegation places, despite the fact that Burnley has started relatively positively and giving uh, some big teams some trouble, including Arsenal, who uh, only just about beat them at the Emirates. Up next, very interesting game. Um, Manchester United against Leicester. Leicester are a surprise package team thus far this season in terms of how they've started. Uh, Manchester United, who started well on the first day of the season, have yet to win a game since then. And Ole Gunnar Solskjaer is on a terrible, terrible run at the moment. If you look at his record since he was officially given the Man United job after the win against Paris Saint-Germain, United are 4-5 to win this game. It's 13-5 the draw and it's 10-3 on Leicester. I think, even as a Manchester United fan, there is great value here on Leicester City avoiding the defeat, which is available at 11-10. to 10. I cannot confidently pick Manchester United to win this game. I feel that Manchester United kind of play better with the teams that are um, sort of up there in the table. And that may not necessarily mean that Manchester United get results because... Over the years, the Manchester City have found it very comfortable to beat Manchester United, be it at Manchester City or at Man United's ground, Old Trafford. But um, at least Manchester United do rise to the occasion and put on better performances. We saw that against Paris Saint-Germain last season as well. Against the teams in and around them, Manchester United sort of huff and puff. And it's sad that I'm saying in and around them, and I'm talking about, yes, I'm talking about Chelsea and possibly Arsenal, but I'm also talking about Wolves, Leicester and Everton at this point. And we're also talking about a Manchester United team that failed to win at home to Crystal Palace in a game where they did huff and puff throughout. I can see more huffing and puffing here for Manchester United. And although they could be more clinical in front of goal than they were against Palace, because that was the problem, statistically they weren't too bad in that game. The performance against Southampton away was far worse. But again, that involves some huffing and puffing and, uh, and that also saw them not be uh, particularly clinical in front of goal, which is ironic because they've just sold Romelu Lukaku, who was probably the best finisher at the club. It does seem to be a mistake at this juncture, especially as he's hit the ground running in Serie A. I think Manchester United lack goals. Uh, I still don't think the defence has gelled. I'm, I'm confident here of Leicester avoiding a defeat and uh, I'm also confident on 
both teams to score here. I believe that one of these may pop up as an official play over at lockbetting.com. The, the both teams to score incidentally is available at four to five. Yes. And 10 to 11 for no. And I'm leaning towards the yes in that one because, uh, Manchester United have only kept one clean sheet this season. And that was on the opening day against Chelsea. And they were very lucky to do so in that. And since then, uh, a defense that many people deem to be sorted has shipped three goals in four games. Moving on to the matchup between Southampton and Sheffield United. Sheffield United hosts Southampton in this one, another seven to five favourites. It's nine to four to draw, and it's two to one on Southampton. Southampton are a live underdog here for me. They played really well against Manchester United, and had they not gone down to ten men, they may have gone on to win that game. They certainly were far better in the last forty-five minutes, and I don't know whether that's down to Southampton being decent or whether it's down to how poorly Manchester United did. But Southampton before that did get the win away to Brighton, which isn't the easiest place to go. Sheffield United themselves have been relatively consistent this season. It's been quite annoying for us Sheffield United relegation backers that they are sitting on five points at this point of the season. I do expect them to digress and um, for us to see Sheffield United drop lower down the table as the season goes on and I still think that they are a great shout to go down you're actually getting them at the moment at plus money to be relegated from the league but if obviously in order for that to happen they're going to need to not win games like this at home to Southampton who are a team that could be in and around them uh, given Southampton's start I don't see any reason to think that they're not going to be a nailed on bottom half team this season so if Sheffield United win these types of games like they did at home to Palace, they will stay up. At the moment, they're available at five to four to go down. So if you were to put $400 on that, you would win $900. I think that's still an excellent, excellent bet. Here, I think Southampton themselves are an excellent bet. I don't see Sheffield United having enough quality to beat them. If Southampton come here and put up a lacklustre performance like they did on the opening day against Burnley, then yes, Sheffield United will do so. But if we see both both teams here playing to the best of their ability, not only are we going to see Southampton avoid a defeat, but we're going to see them win this game. Other markets I like here are both teams to score, which is available at 10 to 11. But my favorite bet here is Southampton on the double chance to avoid a defeat, which is available at four to seven. And uh, I like Southampton in the draw no bet market too at 11 to 10. As I said, I I don't fancy Sheffield United here to to keep this run going. I do think that things are going to normalize for them. And when I say normalize, I see a squad of players that don't belong in the Premier League. And uh, we will see them reverting to a normal league position for a team that don't belong in the Premier League with that group of players and we will see them in the relegation zone and inevitably relegated and as I said and reiterate five to four on them to go down is a good price up next we look at Tottenham versus Crystal Palace where Tottenham are the eight to 15 favorites it's the best price available on them although more widely available at nine uh, at one to two or four to nine uh, it's 19 to five to draw and it's 13 to two on palace i don't particularly want anything to do with this tottenham team at this juncture um they're a team that need to get their their act together they're a team that are playing people out of positions. They're a team that sold Kieran Kieran Tripper in the right-back spot and now are short of a right-back. They're a team that have players who are running down their contract, Vertonghen, Alder, Wilder, Eriksson. They're a team that are heavily reliant on Harry Kane, but 
also have the option to play without Kane where they've had relative success. They're a team that have players like Son and Lucas Moura who have not reached form this season. And of course, uh, people like Ericsson who probably hasn't reached form because of all the, the contract controversy coming up. Now, this could all turn around if now we know where everybody lies in terms of their the European window closing and Tottenham players knowing that they're going to be Tottenham players till the end of the season. But it's certainly not one. Of, it's certainly not the Tottenham team of usual. One of the things you associated to Pochettino's team was, was team spirits and the way he galvanised the players and get the most out of them. Well, that's actually the opposite of this season because Tottenham are suffering from unrest. And we saw the two sides of Tottenham in the Arsenal game where they were dominant in the first 35 minutes and looked like a Premier League contender and then after that they allowed Arsenal to to thankfully get it back to 2-2 because Arsenal draw no bet was one of our locks last time out and um, and in the end we ended up pushing on that one because um, because Tottenham are that inconsistent and um, I can see I can see them coming back here and being a more settled side but until I see it I don't want any part of it. And of course, if you watch the end of the Arsenal game, you'll see that Arsenal had a goal disallowed from VAR. Look, a far more likely team to score. Tottenham also start Champions League this week. And I think this has been the first time where they actually do have the squad to do it with the Ndombelens and Del Celso signing in, in the window. Although, again, we've not seen much of them. In addition to that, we've not even seen Deli Ali return from injury yet and, and play. So we don't know what the status is on him at the moment. There's a lot of questions, a lot of questions about Tottenham at the moment. And until we get some answers, I don't want to put my, my money into uh, into a questionable team. So I, I hesitantly pick Tottenham here uh, because I do believe that if Tottenham were in form, we'd be getting this closer to minus 300. But at the moment... I would not be recommending a play for that. And even though I mentioned earlier, it's a relatively straightforward and easy parlay booster pick. Um, it's not. It's not good if it's the pick that busts your parlay, and uh, it very well could be in this instance. <clears throat> Up next, you have Wolves against Chelsea, where Wolves are the fifteen to eight underdogs. It's twelve to five the draw, and it's seven to five on Chelsea. <clears throat> I think Wolves this season have suffered from what a lot of teams suffer for when they get through to the Europa League and the qualifying stages, which is the Thursday-Sunday dichotomy. And unless you have the squad to deal with it, it is difficult for the same players to play, especially with some of the road trips that you have in that particular competition. And and Wolves have yet to win a game this season. And um, I expect that to continue here, although... I don't know if Chelsea are good enough to to, to beat Wolves. I think this season um, we saw two teams play earlier on in the season when Chelsea played against Norwich. And uh, I was all over the goals there. And I think that over 2.5 goals in most Chelsea games, along with both teams to score, will cash. And I don't see this one being any different. I think both teams will score in this matchup. And um, that's what I'm going to be taking as opposed to picking any kind of any winner in this game. I, I do think if I was to lean towards um, what my what the best price is in terms of the winner's market, I would say it is Wolves because we are getting a Wolves team that are not only not coming off a, bat, a game in the Europa League, but they've had a lot of rest. So I think this is an opportunity now to see what, where the real role, will, uh, where the real Wolves are at without um, having to go through that ordeal. But um, both teams to score in this one available at four to six minus 150 is the way that I will go. And uh, I would tentatively pick Wolves in this one. I think when, when I do my, uh, I do my article for the sports gambling podcast.com, I'll probably have this one down as a draw. 
I did meet up with the guys from the Sport Gambling Podcast this uh, last weekend in Vegas, and I'll be talking a little bit about that, about that at the end. I'll also be giving out a uh, an NFL lock for you guys because uh, I've been told to uh, put my NFL locks on the end of the EPL show to uh, increase the numbers for the show. So uh, that's what I'll be doing, providing that the guys are actually promoting that. Hopefully. Up next, uh, Norwich versus Man City is the last game on Saturday where Norwich had a massive 12 to 1 underdogs. It's 7 to 1 the draw and it's 1 to 6 on Manchester City. Uh, there's probably a best price available for that. Uh, as If I do include this in a parlay at the end of the show, I will be going through uh, the odds checker site to find out where we're at. Uh, initially, for me, it looks like a Manchester City win. Uh, obviously, coupled with the, uh, the the standard Norwich trend of either both teams to score and over 2.5. In this instance, I'm going to go for the over 2.5 because City have looked relatively decent defensively, especially given the fact that um, Laporte is out injured and Otamendi's played a majority of the season. They've also been without John Stones, although I do think the, the defensive combination of Otamendi and Fernandinho will work. Fernandinho has all the qualities of a centre-back. In addition to that, there's no language issues either there because when you have Edison in goal, and you have Fernandinho, and you have Otamendi. You're looking at Brazilians and Argentinians there that all talk the same language. So I think that's actually a communication benefit in the end for, for Manchester City. And I don't expect them to be hampered at all by this um, by this defensive pairing. Manchester City and uh, over two and a half goals isn't within the realm of what we can pick because it's available at two to five. Um, and if I was to push that out to... Um, Manchester City to win in over three and a half goals, we would then be able to get that at 10 to 11. And I hesitantly picked that because that's a lot of goals you need in this game. That's four goals. But um, I think if any two if any two teams can produce it, it is these two. Um, Norwich's defence is very, very suspect, but they are also very good going forward. As I said, Norwich and Chelsea, two great teams this season for uh, for the overs. Now we move over to Sunday where we go and look at the game at Bournemouth versus Aston Villa where it's 19 to 10 on Bournemouth who are the underdogs here it's 5 to 2 to draw and it's 13 to 10 on Everton Everton got a very good win against Wolves last time out, ending Wolves' unbeaten start to the season, although Wolves have drawn all the rest of those games, as we mentioned earlier, and um, I don't think they would consider it a good start. Everton's start has been very mixed. They had an opportunity to go top of the table before their um, loss to Aston Villa away. Since then, they did bounce back and um, please their supporters with a win against Wolves where the likes of uh, Richarlison finally turned up Alex Wobi is also looking like a, a decent signing for Everton they now go to Bournemouth which is a tough place to go um, for me um, I, I don't like Everton here as a favourite but um, I don't think Bournemouth are a big enough underdog either for me to take them um, because my gut says that Everton won't lose this game and um, I, I do think that that, that, that they'll go on and win it. I just don't like taking them at that price. Um, so therefore, it's again another look at both teams to score. It happens in a vast majority of Bournemouth games. Bournemouth do not keep clean sheets. They concede a ton of goals. And Everton now are looking more like uh, the Everton we expected to see with all those attacking options like Richarlison and Wobi in their team. Uh, although they only have looked like that for one game, I'm confident enough to take them to 
find a score sheet here at Bournemouth and also for Bournemouth to do the same because Bournemouth even if they win, lose or draw they do end up finding the back of the net they themselves also have a, a ton of attacking options when you look at the likes of uh, Fraser, King, Callum Wilson and uh, even Harry Wilson at the moment who's come from Liverpool who looks really decent in a Bournemouth shirt so uh, both teams to score again there and I believe that uh, I've now given out that looked at that particular bet on, on three of these games so um, try and find something fresh for you um, but but I won't force it because if the next two games I scream out both teams to score then, then I will play it again um, Sunday Arsenal travel to Watford who sacked their manager um, during the uh, during the transfer window and their old manager is back so Flores is back in charge of Watford. This is coming off the back of Watford getting to the FA Cup final last year and having a good mid-table finish. They've had a relatively poor start and the... uh and the chairman is willing to pull the trigger already. Watford are 5-2 to to start with a win under their new slash former manager. Um, 11-4 to draw and even money on Arsenal. I like Arsenal to to win this game. I don't know if any of the unrest is going to be solved by the manager changing. I don't know if there was any unrest anyway. Um, Yes, Watford started quite badly um, at the start of the season, losing the first day 3-0 at home to Brighton. But I don't think getting a a point at Newcastle is a sackable offence necessarily. And although it's not really acceptable to Watford to have one point from four from four games, I would think that they, he would have been given time to to sort that out. But he's not been giving anything, and um, I'm not sure if he was the issue or whether the issue was the fact that a lot of these Watford players expected to move in the summer and didn't end up doing so. We have the likes of Decore there who who isn't playing well and um, probably expected to get a, a big money move this summer and, and hasn't, and he's still playing at Watford. Uh, we don't have uh, Troy Deeney, who's been on a suspension. That was another thing to uh, to consider because he's a huge attacking influence at the club. Uh, the likes of Gerard Delafeu hasn't really started this season well because he came in with an injury. I've already spoken about Decore. Uh, Danny Welbeck hasn't even got a chance to play yet for this team. Uh, Roberto Pereira has also been disappointing, and I know that because I track all of these players in fantasy, and um, they're on they're on a watch list. And a lot of these Watford players are reasonably priced, but the fact is this season they're not turning up, so they're not being the bargains that they were um, last season. However, on the Arsenal side of things, they, they do have some uh, fantasy bargains. We haven't talked about fantasy much in the last few weeks, and uh, we will do so. The reason mainly being is because I don't really advocate massive transfer changes in the first few weeks, um, such as wild cards and things like that. I would probably sit on what your gut told you, unless you're, you're a million miles off and it's evident. But initially, I, I would sit on on that and um, would certainly be looking at more fantasy uh, throughout the season but I think it's relevant here because there's a few players in the Arsenal team that stand out and one of them is Danny Celebus um, if you if Celebus is going to play regularly in and behind the the attacking three then he's going to be an incredible buy he's come over from Real Madrid he's available at under six million in, in most games whatever version of fantasy you play and I think he's a definite player that you want to get in and I think eventually Nicolas Pepe is going to start scoring goals. He's had plenty of chances. He doesn't seem to be able to finish yet, but um, 
I think he will find the back of the net eventually. And when he does, I think he'll be quite free scoring just as um, Bamiang is at the moment and, and Lacazette as well when he actually gets a chance. But all of these guys are, are, are great finishers and I think that will be the key difference here. They're coming up against an Arsenal side that can finish and uh, I like Arsenal here at even money and that was certainly a, a game that was considered to be the uh, the lock for this week's show. Closing out with Monday Night Football, where it's Aston Villa versus West Ham, where it's 8-5 to five on Villa, 13-5 to five the draw, and it's 6-4 to four on West Ham, who I guess uh, are narrow favourites there. I guess that can change from, uh, from bookie to bookie if you shop around on the odds checker site. For me, this is a tough call because West Ham have looked a lot better this season. They've gone on and won games. I expected to win, expected them to win at home to Norwich and they've got wins as underdogs away to Watford. But again, that was a game I expected them to win because I looked at the team on paper and they're better than the Watford side. Uh, they've spent a lot of money and they should be going to win there and they should be cashing in as underdogs and they did so for us because that was a a pick on this very show where the dogs this season are actually 4-0. So we'll be hoping to keep that dog run continuing on this week. Um, is there a dog in this game? I'm not too sure. It's a really difficult game to pick to, 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 to choose because Aston Villa, as we saw in their last TV game, which was a Friday night football against Everton, they were really, really up for it. And um, if the fans are behind them again and they put on a similar performance with the likes of uh, Tyrone Mings at the back, fully engaged, then uh, they should be able to get the win against West Ham here. But West Ham on paper do have the better players and in the last two West Ham games that has been key um, bouncing back here from the 5-0 defeat at, at the start of the season to, to Man City it hasn't affected them that much they haven't made the 0-4 start they made last season Pellegrini has got his team back on track and they do have the quality to go and win at the Villa so for me I'm narrowly going to take Aston Villa here on the double chance to avoid a defeat. It's available at 1-2. Ironically, when you look at the double chance market, you've got Villa and draw at 1-2, somebody to win the game at 1-4, so either team to win at 1-4, and West Ham or the draw at 1-2 as well. So an unsplittable game, and I'm calling it as such there, narrowly taking the home side to avoid a defeat. But I wouldn't dissuade anyone from taking a draw on this one, which is available at 13-5. Moving on with the lock dog parlay portion of the show oh, this season, we should absolutely 100% be four and one with our locks. We've conceded two goals in the 89th minute this season, both of them coming by Sheffield United. Sheffield United at Bournemouth scored with Billy Sharp equaliser and last time out, they were 2 0 up against Chelsea and somehow Chelsea relinquished that lead to let them back in and Sheffield United pulled out a 2-2 in the 89th minute once again. Um, just to point out the 2-0 thing, 2-0 um, cashes out on a lot of bookies in the UK. What I mean by that is that there's offer that was started by Bet365 for an automatic payout at 2-0. So if you have a team, not just in a single, but in a parlay at 2-0, it's declared a winner. Now, obviously on the P&L, uh, for lockbetting.com and for the lock record here on the SGP, I'm not going to be classing a 2-0 lead as a winning bet because I know that that isn't available to most uh, American bettors. But it's just something to point out. If you are able to get on Bet365, which I think some American regions are, you will be 
you'll be uh, you'll be qualifying for that bet. A lot of my UK customers aren't bothered by um, the Chelsea Sheffield United pick because for them it was a winner. For me personally, it was a winner as well. But for you guys, obviously, it was probably a loser, and it will be settled as such. So the lot record at the moment is under five hundred at two and three. Um, I hope to bounce back with a win this week. I was torn between where to go with my lock. There were three teams considered for it. One was Arsenal. Oh, three selections, rather. One was Arsenal. Uh, one was Southampton to avoid a defeat to Sheffield United. And the other one was Liverpool to win to nil. For me, I think the safest way to go and looking at the, the price as well, I would go with Liverpool to win to nil against Newcastle. Uh, Arsenal are slightly better priced at even money, but I think Liverpool not conceding a goal to Newcastle is slightly more likely, uh, actually significantly more likely than um, than Newcastle managing to find a back of the net at Anfield. As for the other selection, I'm relatively certain Southampton avoided a defeat, but it doesn't give you as much value. And uh, given the fact, as, as I said and acknowledged, we have made a losing start in the first five locks, only securing two of them. Uh, I do want to give some... Uh, value here and keep it under minus 150 at this point in time therefore i'm going to lean towards liverpool and the clean sheet liverpool to nil at 10 to 11 for the dog this is where i will play southampton and i will put my eggs in the southampton basket to keep us at 100 on our dogs but i'm going to play the draw though bet market here instead because it's still available at an underdog price it gives you a refund if Southampton end up drawing this game and that's available at best price of six to five but um, if you are a gambler and like to take your chances take your chances on Southampton to win that one at two to one I'm going to go for the Southampton pick once again here as the parlay booster. I do prefer Southampton to avoid a defeat here than I do including Tottenham in this parlay. I did mention the issues that Tottenham are having this season and why I don't want to be involved with Tottenham at this juncture until I see some more consistency from the team and I see that the great Pochettino has managed to galvanize the players and has them playing for him once again so the parlay i have added liverpool and manchester city but i haven't just gone for the conventional addition of the two because it wouldn't add any value really to the bet i've gone for liverpool to win on a minus one handicap i've gone for manchester city and over two and a half goals and I've added uh, Southampton or the draw on the double chance market. £100 on that does return you £297. So that's £297 for Southampton on the double chance, Liverpool minus one and Manchester City to win and over two and a half goals in the game. As I said, I said at the top of the show or in the middle of the show, I would talk a little bit about my trip to Vegas. I did go down there and meet the guys from the Sports Gambling Podcast weekend for NFL Week 1. The weekend, or the the long weekend, was a really good time. Uh, Went out to some bars, went out out into Vegas, some casinos, went out to a place called Top Golf, which I believe we do have over in the UK as well, but it doesn't overlook the the Vegas Strip. Went and watched some games, uh, loved watching the games at the uh, Westgate Sportsbook. Uh, The guys, even though I hadn't actually met the guys before and I've been on this podcast for nearly five years, it was actually like I already knew them. There was no surprises whatsoever. Everybody is exactly how they seem on the show. Um, Kramer and Sean are just great guys to, to hang out with. I'm probably definitely going to 
head out and catch up with those guys again. Christian Pina is a funny one. Um, I, I definitely like Christian Pina, but you can't have a conversation with Pina that isn't about sports betting. There, there, there's nothing else that he even wants to, to talk about. He's almost uh, offended if you try and bring up a, a different subject. But the thing is, is that that's good because I like talking about sports betting. And um, if you want a decent insight, then you can get it from Christian Pina. I've talked to him a lot over the weekend and the guy 100% knows his shit inside and out. Uh, he lives and breathes gambling almost to a sickness, I would say. And um, he was a very interesting guy to meet over the weekend as well. So that was good fun. Uh, the only part of it that wasn't fun was having a couple of bad breaks. I was on Detroit who completely blew a lead. I was on the Eagles who gave a garbage touchdown to the Redskins, managed to recuperate it in the end uh, with New England coming through to take us to five and four. And then of course there was a 1.5 unit parlay that cashed as well. So uh, reliable New England probably should have been the lock um, on, on for last week, but um in the end, I think I took um, the Chargers. Who the char- Our members here took the uh, Chargers at minus three and a half on the lock betting site early on when Andrew Luck um, retired and the bookies didn't move the number here in the UK. Eventually, they did move it and uh, I was able to get that at six, which ended up being a push for my first lock of the season. But as I said, really should have stuck to the Patriots because I strongly fancied them against the, uh, the Pittsburgh players who are missing a lot of key parts that they that they had last year. Uh, this week, I'm going to keep it relatively simple. Um, I'm going to ride out the, the Thursday night trend, and that being that uh, the Carolina Panthers going up against the, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The Bucs looked terrible last week. Carolina didn't, almost um, coming through against the Rams, but in the end, covering those three and a half points. Uh, they now have a short week at home. And uh, Tampa, who look like shit, are a team that have Jameis Winston at quarterback now have to come and play on a short week uh, against the Carolina team. And there's lots of things favoring this. There's the fact that one team looked good, one team looked shit. Uh, There's the fact that one quarterback significantly better than the other. Uh, There's the fact that it's the short week. And there's also the fact that Thursday night football trend has shown that it does significantly favor the home team to win and cover. So all factors going into this mean that Carolina Panthers cover this six and a half points here. And uh, if this podcast doesn't go out in time, um, for this my members have already got this as an official play and there'll be other official plays available this weekend on the nfl where we did have a winning week and i'm talking about it in quite a downbeat way but the thing is is that we shouldn't be uh five and four we should be coming off a seven and two week in the nfl we 100 percent should the, the eagles losses and um i mean garbage touchdowns happen but the detroit thing was absolutely disgusting and um I've never been so angry as to lose. I mean, every in the Westgate Sportsbook, you have the things going on across across five TVs, and uh, the Detroit game was on on the corner, and I was barely looking at it. They they were so comfortably ahead of the Cardinals, it was unbelievable. But um, in the end, that ended up uh, fucking up for us. So uh, unfortunately, we get back on the train and we and we go again this weekend for week two, and hopefully have another winning week. Because if you'd given me five and four at the start of every week, I'll take it because I'll be fourteen games above five hundred at the end of the season, and that's a significant profit of um, of of nearly thirteen units. So. I would take that, but given the bad breaks, it was certainly an unfortunate outcome to end up being five 
and four. If you want to listen to my NFL show preview, I do it over on the Man Show, which the podcast feed is now available. I was originally putting it up on the Dirty Sheets. You can still catch the Man Show on the Dirty Sheets feed, but I would prefer if you guys head over to the Man Show and support the start of the Man Show. That's where we'll be doing our NFL previews moving forward, where me and Cav, we talk some general man shit this week. We get into topics like the, the trip to Vegas. There's a funny story about my uh, domestic flight from Vegas to New York. Uh, we touch on uh, a bit of Howard Stern. We touch on 9-11. And uh, we touch on uh, rub and tugs as well. Apparently, um, I wasn't aware that uh, all the, um, the the massage places that you guys have around America is actually just uh, rub and tugs. And uh, my friend who I stay with over in New York enlightened me to that. So uh, we talk a little bit about that as well. So there's all that kind of bullshit. If you're, like I said before, if you're a man, you'll enjoy the show. And uh, we always close out with the NFL I'm going to close out this podcast right now. Before I do so, I will say make sure you check out the European show. The locks on that show are 3-0 and it's available over at lockbetting.com. You don't need a betting package to listen to it. You just need to support lockbetting.com in order to listen to the show. That's it from me. Good luck with all of your bets as always. And thanks for listening, guys. Finally spring, and I'm saying goodbye snow, hello adventure. And during the Honda Dream Garage Spring Event, you can get epic deals on your favorite Honda model. Ready to get rugged? Then take the off-road in an all-wheel drive Honda SUV, like the CRV, HRV, Pilot, Passport, or redesigned Ridgeline. Want to take a spring road trip? Then check out a fuel-efficient turbocharged Civic or Accord. Say goodbye to winter and hello to a new Honda. Don't miss huge savings during the Honda Dream Garage Spring Event. Now at your local Honda dealer.